Hey everyone, welcome back to Love God and Your Neighbor. I'm Reverend Laura Hutchinson, pastor of First Christian Church in Anniston, Alabama. And today, and for the next few weeks, this podcast is going to be different from our usual format. Because First Christian Church has decided to take a hiatus from worshiping together. This is, of course, out of respect for the coronavirus outbreak. Because we're trying to do our part to curb the spread of the virus in our community. And so we're using this podcast to continue worshiping together without actually being together. So I hope that you all will worship with us and feel free to call or write in to share your prayer concerns with us. Just know that by sharing your prayer concern with me, you're going, you're giving me permission to share them publicly on my podcast. And so I encourage you now to gather your household together when you listen and worship as a family. And now I also encourage you to pause this episode for just a second and gather some elements for communion as we are going to share the Lord's Supper together. So get some bread or a couple of crackers and a cup with juice or some other drink. And if you have one, light a candle and welcome the light of Christ into your midst. Then push play and we will continue with our service. We've gathered here today to worship, to worship in the name of the God who asks us to obey. God doesn't want us to obey out of fear. God wants us to obey because we love God. And so we obediently worship today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Our scripture today comes from Genesis 12, 1 through 4a. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. May God bless the reading of his word. Please join me in praying the prayer of confession, which you can find printed in the information about this podcast. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Hear us now as we silently confess our sins.
Though fear should beset us, though danger cause us to close up our doors, though troubles assail and lead us away from the ways of grace, only one thing is necessary. Turn back to God's promise of grace. Remember that God is reaching out with loving arms and let yourself be held. Only ask for forgiveness and it is ours. Know that in this moment we have asked, and in Christ Jesus we are forgiven. Glory be to God the Almighty. Amen. Now we come to the time in the service when we turn to God in prayer. And first I would like to lift up all of the prayer concerns that have been um, sent to me in preparation for this service. Griffin is asking for prayers for his mom and dad. His dad just had major surgery. Um, he had a tumor removed um, that had been pressing into his stomach, and he's been unable to eat for months. So uh, he's currently in a lot of pain because they had to do a lot of different things during the surgery, but they're hoping that he's going to be getting out today, actually, on Sunday. So let's pray that that's what happens for them. Um, prayers for all of the employees working on the JSU campus. Um, most of them are worn out. I don't know if you if you know anyone who works on the campus or um, or pretty much any college campus right now. I imagine every campus employee, especially the administrative staff, is particularly exhausted um, because they've been working to prepare their schools for the coronavirus. Uh, some essential personnel, like campus security, may even have to sleep on campus for a while, which is really difficult on them, difficult on their families. So let's just pray for them. We have a prayer request for the parents, uh, for all parents while schools are canceled for the, uh, for the virus, especially for those parents who still have to work and are trying to figure out um, how to balance work um, the need for an income and paycheck, and also um, taking care of their kids during the day. Frida has offered a prayer request for uh, those whose wages will be severely affected for a while. Definitely people who are worrying about how they're going to pay the bills while they're not allowed to work or can't work or if they get sick from the coronavirus and can't go into work. So let's be praying for them. Uh, Please remember Jim, who is in the nursing home, and his wife, Pat. Of course, they have stopped allowing visitors, so Jim and the other residents are facing a period of isolation. So, of course, that's hard on the patients, it's hard on their families, and it's hard on the nurses who care for them. And Vicki has said that she works at Jacksonville Health and Rehab, and she says they're quarantined as well to protect the patients. Um, she says, we, the employees, are at great risk. Prayers for all healthcare employees, first responders, and law enforcement employees. We have one couple in the church who just got news about uh, a father and father-in-law who's been diagnosed with cancer, who's going to be starting treatment soon. So please keep that family in your prayers. And prayers for all of the people working with the CDC, the World Health Organization, and all the other groups that work to control the spread of uh, infectious diseases. I imagine that many of them haven't slept in days or maybe even weeks, not really. And so um, let's pray for them and know how hard they're working for all of us. And pray for those who have chosen to self-quarantine in order to do their part to... Um, 
slow down the spread or to stop the spread of the coronavirus to help keep everybody in our community safe. But we also want to make sure that we remember those who are sick with um, influenza, with the flu, with people who have other illnesses and other ongoing diseases, things that um, may make it difficult for them to get the treatment that they need because the coronavirus is taking so much of uh, the healthcare system's energy um, and focus and resources. So we just need to continue praying for our world. Every country is at risk. And, um, and, and the longer that this goes on, the harder this is on the economies of every country um, and on the individual lives of each person affected. So let us go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come to you today as people living in an uncertain world. On an average day, nothing is certain. And today, with our eyes, our minds, and our hearts being assaulted hourly with coronavirus updates, we might feel more uncertain than ever. But as people of faith, as people who walk with you, with your son, every second of every day, we are certain of you. We trust you in all things, and we thank you for being worthy of our trust. God, you are so wonderful, and we love you with all our hearts. And in our love and trust, we give to you all our worries and concerns. Please be with the members of First Christian Church and with all of those listening today. Bless us with what we need to live out our purpose in this life. Give us health and healing. Give us comfort in our grief. Give us the income we need to support ourselves and our families. Give us understanding of your will for us. And please give us the courage to do your will always. Please be with our community, with our state, with our country, and with our world. Let the peace of the Holy Spirit be with all people, and let your church, your body of Christ, be helpful in sharing that spirit with everyone we meet, everywhere we go. May your children in Christ be united by our love for you. May we be united by our shared call to shine the light of Christ into the world. And may we not be divided by politics, by dogma, by theological differences that do nothing but hurt those who don't yet know you. Bring healing to the church of this world and let your church bring healing to everyone else. Hear us now as we pray the prayer your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. 
Throughout my life, there has been one word that has just rubbed me the wrong way. And that word is obey. The whole do it because I said so thing never sat well with me because I always wanted to know why I needed to do it. I imagine the adults around me found this to be a particularly annoying trait as more often than not, the things they told me to do really were for my own good, even though I in my infinite childish wisdom could not see it at the time. That trait, unfortunately, has carried over into my adult life. And to this day, one of the main problems I have is obeying rules simply because others tell me I have to. That's because if a rule doesn't make any sense to me, I don't see why I have to do it. Great trait for a pastor, huh? For example, about 20 years ago, I was dating a guy who was in the military. He for sure was a rule guy. And we butted heads sometimes over this. And one day we were out and about for the day and I had a baggie of carrot sticks in my pocket. We spontaneously decided to tour an art museum. As we strolled from room to room looking at beautiful oil paintings, I pulled out a carrot stick and started munching. What are you doing? He whispered, yelled to me. There's no food allowed in here. There are signs everywhere. Now, you must know I have a high regard for art, of course, because I was raised by artists and have been surrounded by fine art my entire life. I would never do anything to damage any of it. But in my mind on that day, I couldn't see how a dried out carrot stick could possibly hurt anything in that gallery. I know, I know, the rules are there for a reason, but I know that in my case, in this situation, this rule was just, well, it was stupid. So I wasn't concerned about breaking it. Again, my boyfriend was truly irritated with me and I felt he was being ridiculous as well. Was it a good rule to forbid all food in the museum? Of course. Should I have obeyed the rule at the very least out of respect for the museum? Yes. Did I obey the rule? Not at all. On the other hand, if a rule does make sense to me, I'll follow that rule no matter what. For example, wearing seat belts or not drinking while driving. These make sense. I'll not do them or I will do them, whatever the rule is. Either way, I have struggled with the concept of obedience. That is, except when it comes to God. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the ones who curse you I will curse and in you all the families of all the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So what we're seeing here is God telling Abram to do something relatively insane without explanation as to why God wanted him to do it. And then we see Abram just doing it. No questions asked. God, this one and only God anyway, was relatively unknown to everyone at that point in history. And so what God asked of Abraham was an astronomical sacrifice, not just from him, but every single person in Abram's vast household. But Abram didn't ask any questions of God. He simply said, okay, 
and went. And as promised, God rewarded him in immeasurable ways, simply because he was faithful and obedient. Now, throughout the Bible, we see God setting boundaries for humanity or commanding individuals or even kingdoms to obey God. Most of the time, we see human beings falling short of God's glory and failing to obey. Just think of last week's sermon on Adam and Eve, for crying out loud. Other times, we see the forebearers of the faith set an example of obedience in a way that inspires us all. Abram, soon to be Abraham, is the father of trust, faith, and obedience. Not just for the Jewish people, but also for Christians and Muslims as well. And as God promised, Abram was rewarded for his obedience, just like many other prophets that we see in the scriptures. So the thing that I have learned over the years is that I can trust God in every way. And that is why I'm able to obey God without question today. With other people, I'm not always sure about their motives, about their reasoning or their information that they have. So I'm not really sure that any of that is sound. And I still find myself being tempted to rebel sometimes. But with God, I know that God's understanding of all things past, present, and future are perfect. And I know that God's will for me and my life and my afterlife is better than anything I could ever envision. So trusting God and obeying God is easier with each day that I live. But the thing that makes Abram so incredibly special is that he did not know God yet when God first spoke to him. You realize that? Abram didn't have a history of experiences where God had proven over and over that Abram could trust God with such a huge request. And yet, as soon as this new God came out of nowhere and told Abram to pack up his whole life and everyone in it and move to an as-yet undisclosed location for an as-yet-not-revealed reason, he said, yes, Lord, and he did it. How many people do you know who would do that? I don't know many. And yet imagine what the world would be like if we did all obey God without hesitation. The world would be Eden again, a place where we all had enough, where no one went without, and where we were all at peace within our own minds, with each other, with God, and with God's creation. And one of the reasons it would be so wonderful is because we would all be making the choice to obey. In fact, the concept of obedience assumes free will, right? The opposite of obedience is rebellion. So if we can obey, we can also rebel. And so in a world where everyone voluntarily does what God asked them to do, then that is true peace. The thing is, God does not force any of us to do anything. If we were forced into obedience, we would be slaves. I mean, the wonder of the story of Abraham is not that he wasn't forced to do any of the things that he did for God. He was just faithful. That, that God, that what God asked him to do was good. So he did it. He even went as far as almost killing his only son simply because God asked him to. Abraham knew that everything would be okay, and it was. 
You see, God is a God of freedom and God wants us to want what God wants for us. And what God wants for us is heaven. God wants us to love God. God wants us to love ourselves as God loves us. And God wants us to love everyone else the same way that we love ourselves. And God wants us to do these things and anything else that's asked of us because God loves us. In the military, obedience is often life or death. A wise commanding officer has to trust that every soldier in her command will obey orders without question, because if they don't, lives could be lost. With God, obedience could also mean life or death, perhaps in the physical sense and also in the spiritual. And stopping to ask your commanding officer to explain why she ordered you to do something can get downright dangerous on the battlefield. Yeah, as much as it pains my little sinful, rebellious heart to say this, obedience is a good thing, especially when we're talking about being obedient to God and God's will. We can make our own decisions apart from what God wants for us. Yeah, but sometimes those decisions turn out all right, and sometimes they don't turn out very well at all. But every time we do God's will, the reward is great and the payoff is immeasurable. Abraham was promised a son when he was in his 90s and God followed through. Abraham was promised descendants that numbered more than the grains of sand on the beach and the stars in the sky. And to this day, God's promise lives on. But we don't obey God simply for what we're going to get out of it, do we? No, we obey God because we love God and we know God loves us because we trust God and because we have faith that God's will for us is greater than anything we could ever hope for ourselves. The payoff is just the natural consequence of living our lives the way God wants us to live them. So what is God asking you to do today, this third Sunday of Lent? I encourage you to ponder the question in the week to come. What does God want from you? And are you willing to do it? No questions asked. Amen? Amen. Amen. The ministry at First Christian Church is a special ministry. I think we can all agree on that. It's why we're here. It's why we're members of First Christian Church. Because... We can get behind our mission, which is to serve all people and to help lead all people, no matter who they are, where they come from, what they look like, how they live or where they live. We seek to lead them all into the love of God. I hope that you are inspired by the ministry of this church. If you are a listener from far away and not a member of our congregation, um, and you like the sermons that you've been hearing all along, if you are a member of our congregation and a regular tither, I encourage you to go to our website, www.fccaniston.org. That's www.fccann. I-S-T-O-N dot O-R-G. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the homepage and you will find a Donate Now button. Please make a donation today. Whether it's your regular tithe or whether it is um, a first-time 
donation. This church is small and it is mighty and it does great things in Anniston. And we pray and hope that we will grow our ministry more and more every day and every week and every month and every year. We can't do that without your help. So please now I invite you to give of your tithes and offerings. This time I would like to invite you to gather around the Lord's table. Whether your Lord's table is at your dining room table, your kitchen table, your coffee table, or a coffee, or a, a, a TV tray, bring the elements of the body and the blood of Christ, a cracker, a piece of bread, a cup of juice, or any liquid, really. And let us celebrate the Lord's Supper together. In the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, we celebrate an open table. This table was set by Jesus. And he invites everyone who wants to remember him to come and eat at this table. Our founders... Barton W. Stone and Alexander Campbell believed in the idea of unity among all Christians. They believed that we are one because we love Jesus, because we believe that Jesus is the son of the living God, that he lived, that he died, that he was resurrected, and that through him we are all forgiven of our sins. All of the other stuff falls away when we recognize that the love of Christ is the only thing that matters. And so when you come to this table today, know that Jesus loves you. That Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, loved us so much that he would die for us so that we who were disobedient could be forgiven of our sins once and for all. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you so much for this bread and for this cup. We thank you for this table that has been set for us. We ask that you be with us, Lord, as we remember your sacrifice. Guide us and guide our hearts towards a more obedient life, living in your will in all things. We pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. On the night when the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it and said, This is my body broken for you. As often as you eat it, eat it in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he blessed it. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink of it, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread or drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again.
I invite you to eat of the bread, the body of Christ broken for you. And the cup, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. This brings us to the end of our service. My prayer for you is that as you leave this time of worship, that you remember how much God loves you and that you remember that when God asks us to be obedient, he's not trying to control us or to um, suppress us. God is trying to free us from the constraints and the worries and to open us up to the possibilities and the wonders of doing God's will and what that will mean for our lives. So I pray that you are at peace this week, this Lenten season, and I hope to see you back here again next week. Go in peace. Amen.